Hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler Podcast, Western Canada's premier travel podcast, where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. So in a few moments, we're going to talk about travel visas. Canadians are pretty lucky in the fact that we don't require a visa for too many countries if we want to visit them. But there are a few, and it can become a complicated process. So we're going to talk to a company called iVisa that specializes in getting you a visa. And then we'll head to a place where no visa is required, and that's the Soul Creek Lodge located near Port Renfrew on Vancouver Island. And later on, we'll head to Jasper, Alberta, and take a motorbike tour of Jasper National Park with the owner of Jasper Motorcycle Tours. But like I said, we're going to begin things by talking about travel visas, and getting one can become a complicated process, but... There is a company that specializes in easing the time and burden of getting you a visa. It's called iVisa. And here to tell us more about it is the co-founder of iVisa, Sergio Marino. Hi, Sergio. Hello, Randy. How's it going? It's going well. Tell me about iVisa and how it uh, all came about. Uh, so, you know, iVisa is a company we started back in 2014 uh, when I was studying in the U.S. Um, I decided to go to Boston to do an MBA at Harvard. And uh, while studying there, uh, we had to travel to India. Uh, it was a nightmare, actually, to get the <laughs> visa to India. So, you know, we thought it must be easier to actually get a visa, right? Uh, so with one of my classmates' um, husbands, uh, we actually decided to dig a little bit deeper in the visa process. And that's how we started iVisa. The, the idea was to make the visa process as easy as possible and online. Necessity is the mother of invention, as they always say. I recall having to get a visa for Brazil a number of years ago, and it is uh, quite a process, to say the least. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely a necessity. So tell me how iVisa works and uh, how people get to use it. Uh, so basically, we, uh, you know, we pride ourselves in uh, having a super simple interface. Um, so we... You know, our, our philosophy or our motto is a 100% online visa process. Uh, so we have uh, divided the process in, uh, in three steps. One or first step is actually a visa checker where you say, you know, I'm going to Brazil. Mm -hmm. Do I need a visa? Yes, yes or no. Uh, so our, our, you know, our visa checker will tell you, you know, uh, uh, whether you need a, a visa or not for any destination in the world. And then if we are able to process those visas, we will process it for you online. So today we do visas for 40 destinations and we keep adding destinations as we, as we speak. So basically the idea is to have uh, every country in the world covered uh, by 2020. Uh, so for those 40 countries that we process visas for, we will tell you if you need a visa or not, how much the visa costs and what is our service fee on top of the government fee. Mm -hmm. uh, so how long does the process take? Uh, now that depends on the uh, on the country itself, right? Uh, yeah. We're seeing a, a shift towards electronic visas. So uh, many countries are starting to issue electronic visas, which means you no longer need to visit uh, the embassy. You can do it online. Uh, the problem we've seen with uh, most government websites is that they're really bad. You know, uh, the, their payment gateways uh, uh, don't work often and you have a lack of support. Uh, so that's why iVisa, you know, makes the process simple. We have a 24 seven uh, chat service and phone service to uh, help uh, the travelers. And once you've applied, the process can take anywhere from, you know, uh, 15 minutes 
to five or six business days usually mm-hmm. for the visas we we process. Certainly a lot quicker than uh, doing it the way it used to be done. That is for sure. I remember, again, going back to my story, it took a couple of weeks at least before you could get uh, yeah, a visa. Uh, I think uh, in general, though, Canadians are quite fortunate that we don't require that many visas for that many countries. Is that true? Is that the case of the, that we are quite fortunate compared to other countries? Uh, that's correct. So, um, uh, you, in general, you know, like uh, what we what we call first country, uh, uh, first world countries, don't need as many visas as as others do. Now, uh, what we're seeing is an uptrend in what's called electronic travel authorizations. Uh, so many countries are requiring uh, travelers to get these uh, travel authorizations. Uh, and that includes Canadians. So, for example, uh, European Union countries will start requiring uh, an electronic travel authorization starting 2020, uh, which means anytime a Canadian wants to visit, you know, uh, any country in Europe, uh, whether it's France, Spain, Italy, or Germany, they'll need to get these uh, electronic travel author- uh, authorization arranged uh, prior to travel. So, even though uh, visas are not strictly required, uh, many countries or more and more countries are actually requiring these type of uh, authorizations, which we also uh, process on behalf of our customers. Mm -hmm. So it's better to have one and not need it than need it and not have one, right? Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Well, I am looking again at at your website, ivisa.com, and uh, I just used the example of Turkey, and you need a tourist e-visa. It says the process takes 30 minutes on your website, so it doesn't take very long at all. The company is called iVisa. Sergio Marino is the co-founder of iVisa. Again, their website is ivisa.com. If you need a visa, that's the place to start. Uh, Thanks for your insight, Sergio. Appreciate it. Thank you, Randy. Well, if you're looking for a quiet getaway for a few days to relax and enjoy the outdoors, one idea might be to head to Vancouver Island and visit the Soul Creek Lodge. And to learn more about the Soul Creek Lodge and what they offer, we are pleased to have Tim Cash join us now. He's the co-owner of the Soul Creek Lodge. Their website is soulcreeklodge.com. That's soul spelt with an E, by the way, S-O-U-L-E, creeklodge.com. Hi, Tim. Hi, Randy. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. How long has the Soul Creek Lodge been in operation? Um, this is our 18th season. We started it in about 2000. Um, my brother and I um, were hiking the West Coast Trail many years ago, about 25 years ago. Um, we got off the trail and uh, looked around town and saw saw a space we thought we could kind of fill that wasn't being met here. And uh, we, I guess we spent about five years. Um, searching around Port Renfrew for the proper uh, suitable space for us to do something like this. And mm-hmm. um, we finally came upon uh, about 160 acres on top of uh, the San Juan Ridge. And um, it was a private residence before we got it, and we converted it over into a lodge. And over the years, we added yurts and a cabin and some tiny houses around the around the space here. And We've been going ever since. Right. So I'm going to ask you what a yurt is in a, in a little while. But first, tell me where Port Renfrew is and, and where you're located. 
Sure. So um, if you're coming from Victoria, we would be about a two-hour drive from downtown Victoria. Um, and it would be about the same if you're coming from, from Nanaimo. And it's located on the west coast of uh, the island. And we're about as far west as you can get. Um, and I guess, we well, so there's the Pacific Marine Circle route. Mm-hmm. And that um, that's a loop a loop drive that takes you from Victoria um, through Souk to Port Renfrew. And if you continued on up uh, through the middle of the island here, it would take you to Lake Cowichan and then put you back out onto the highway at, at Duncan. So I imagine it's a very scenic drive, and a, a nice drive to get there, right? Yeah, it's a beautiful drive. Um, the name kind of says it all, Pacific Marine, uh, Pacific Marine Route. And um, I guess all in all, it would take about a four-hour drive to do the loop trail if you were doing it all in one shot. So now, uh, describe some of the accommodations. <laughs> sure. I want to ask, what, a, what is it, a ute? Uh, it would be, it would be yurt. pronounced a, I'm yurt. Sorry. a yurt. Um, unless you were in uh, Mongolia, they, they call them there, they would say girt. <laughs> but uh, they're a, an ancient design. Um, it's a round structure. Um, it's built, uh, the ones we get are from, we get them from Eugene, Oregon. Um, this company is called Pacific Yurts, and they're, they're the premier yurt builders in the world. Um, they kind of started off with the, the first uh, modernized yurts. Um, it's sort of a, got a, a skin on the outside, um, and then it would be, it's like a wood lattice that, uh, that makes the skeleton on the inside. Uh, and they're round-shaped, right? Mm-hmm, that they're round. They have a, uh, a bubble on the top. for uh, You can view the stars at night, and they open up a little bit to vent them out for, for when they get too warm. Um, they're our most popular, uh, our most popular units. Um, they seem to book out before you know, any of the suites inside of the lodge or the, the cabin because you know, people want, uh, when they come traveling, they, they want a, an experience, not just in you know, what they're, they're coming to see, but also where they're, they're staying. Mm-hmm. So describe a little bit for me the yurts. It's, they're pretty luxurious inside. You're not really roughing it here. <laughs> no, you're not roughing it. Uh, yeah, they're, they're very well appointed. Uh, they're fully heated, um, very comfortable inside. They all have uh, their own washrooms and um, uh, great views. We have the best views, I think, in Port Renfrew. We're, we're on top of a ridge, so we have panoramic views of the ocean, um, the inlet, and the mountains, and the West Coast Trail. So when the yurts are all booked up, what are my other options? Um, we've got a cabin. We call it the Tanglewood Cabin, um, and it's, uh, it's got a fantastic view as well. It sort of overlooks the, uh, the San Juan Inlet in Port Renfrew here. Um, and we've got four suites inside the lodge, and... Um, they're yeah they're they're very well appointed too. Very we sort of try to do um, give people the the West Coast feel of, of uh, you know all of our units. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, how many units all together? How many people can you handle if you're fully booked up? Sure. So we've got uh, twelve units, and we've can we can accommodate up to twenty twenty five people depending on the makeup of the you know the rooms and or the groups that we do. We do quite a bit of groups as well for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, workshops and retreats. So what's, uh, what sort of uh, amenities do you offer? What's included? Well, included with uh, your stay here, we have um, breakfast is included. It's a full hot breakfast. I should mention, too, that uh, my brother and I, uh, before we started this, we were both trained 
professional chefs and you know we kind of cut our teeth in Toronto and um, Salt Lake City Olympics we went down and did and um, my brothers worked in uh, you know down in New Orleans and I've worked in the states as well so we've you know we've really got uh, some good cooking experience under our belt <laughs> so we uh, you know and then for dinner is an optional thing that you would reserve in advance and mm-hmm. we do a set menu so if um, something if it's something people wanted we'd let them know that uh, uh, to let us know of any food allergies or sensitivities and mm-hmm. we work around that when we plan out the, the menu daily um, when we're um, when we're planning our menus we try to use as much local uh, seafood as possible and that's usually what we're serving if you say you don't eat seafood we're happy to make you a different dish but uh for the most part we're we're serving uh west coast cuisine here very nice uh, i would imagine being uh where you are uh, doing some outdoor activities are pretty popular with your guests right absolutely that's why they're coming here um people that are coming to port renfrew have kind of really you know had to look look hard to find a place like this and um they're coming to see the big trees, Port Renfrew, we've rebranded ourselves, uh, you know, after the logging um, left town. Uh, you know, we were kind of, you know, Port Renfrew is struggling, so we um, sort of rebranded ourselves as the tall tree capital of Canada. Um, we've helped protect uh, the Avatar Grove that was in danger of logging, mm-hmm. um, and it's an old growth uh, off the, the side of the road. And it's got some ancient trees in there. Um, it has what we're what we label as Canada's gnarliest tree up at the top of the, one of the trails. That <laughs> has uh, huge burls on the, the tree and cedar boardwalks going all through that. Um, there's also the Juan de Fuca Trail, and that's uh, that's a world-renowned trail as well. We get travelers coming from all over the world to spend, you know, they spend up to three days hiking it, or they can do multi-day trips on uh, the different trailheads. That uh, come off that trail as well. well and then I, for the for the harder core um, uh, travelers, there's the West Coast Trail, and that's a, that's about a five to seven day hike. Once you're on that trail, you're kind of on it to the uh, to the bitter end there. That the, you're right. That would be for the hardcores. I am looking on yeah. your website, Soul Creek Lodge. Uh, the uh, images are fantastic, and you can get an idea of. Uh, what a yurt looks like, but also I, I understand you do offer some guided hiking tours as well. If you, if you're uh, not familiar with the area or you don't want to be doing that, uh, those lengthy trails. That's right. Um, so there, we are affiliated with a couple of um, um, of people that will take you out on a on a tour. Um, most of our guests, though, uh, because it's such a well situated. Um, uh, trail the sorry the trails are very well situated for people who just want to do it on their own. Um, all the trails are about a ten to fifteen minute drive from the lodge here. Um, you can self guide yourself on these trails. They're very well used and very well maintained. So if you want to get out there and do it on your own, it's very easy to do so. If you want to bring a, a guide with you to sort of uh, talk to you about the fauna and the flora. It's in the area. Uh, I would definitely recommend uh, recommend that as well. Uh, a nice way to uh, spend a few days. It's the Soul Creek Lodge. The website is soulcreeklodge.com. And again, that's soul with an E on the end. And uh, Tim Cash is the co-owner of the Soul Creek Lodge. Thanks for your time, Tim. Appreciate it. Thanks, Randy. It was great talking to you.
Well, there are many ways to explore Jasper National Park, and one unique way is by motorcycle. And you don't even have to own one or know how to ride one to do it. And that's because Jasper Motorcycle Tours looks after it all for you. To tell us more is Candace Broughton. She is the owner of Jasper Motorcycle Tours. Hi, Candace. Thanks for calling. Well, uh, tell me uh, how Jasper Motorcycle Tours came about and how you became involved. Well, it was an idea we had back in 2007, and we just went with it, went through a little bit of uh, getting things set up with the Department of Transportation as uh, motorcycles with sidecars are their commercial vehicles, and so they basically are like a taxi. So setting that up with um, um, Department of Transportation and so on and so forth was a little bit of work to do, but we got it all figured out, and we were the first company to do this in North America. So they all are... All our Harley Davidson um, bikes with sidecars, and now we are running up to eight bikes with sidecars, and it just kind of grew slowly with working with Tourism Jasper and Travel Alberta, and um, working with some receptive companies overseas. A lot of Australia um, come ride with us with the tour companies, mm-hmm. independent tours, uh, all kinds of things, groups. Nice. Well, um, this is a, <laughs> an easy way to take a motorcycle tour for someone like myself who doesn't know how to ride, isn't really particularly interested in riding a motorbike, but uh, you get to the, the, the freedom of, of being on a motorcycle, right? Describe as a motorcycle person what it's uh, a difference between that and doing a typical motor coach tour. Well, absolutely. I find that when, you know, you're traveling into Jasper and you're riding, whether you're on a motor coach or in your van or vehicle, you're looking through the window, right? You're not, you're not outside. And when you get onto the motorcycle and we go out sightseeing, you're smelling everything. You, you're up close and personal, even with wildlife, everything's right there. And um, I've been riding with people before and I had a lady one time riding beside, behind me. She was kind of quiet. So of course I, I go, Hey, are you like, are you okay? You know, I'm not sure if she's nervous about being on the bike. And she says, no, she goes, do you know, it's just like riding into a painting. Then, and I just, it put me into perspective there for a second. I went, yeah, like this is what people are seeing when they can go out and ride with us on top of, you know, just being on a motorcycle that they've never been on a bike before. Some Mm -hmm. of them, you know, they just, and it's such a different experience. And I just feel you're just up close with nature and the mountains and the smells and everything, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess uh, the more you do it, the more it just becomes sort of routine, but then you get reminded every time you take someone out there and they're just in awe, I would imagine, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's been people in tears because it's just such a uh, an experience for them that they never thought they could experience before. Like, we have taken 84-year-old, we had an 82-year-old lady yesterday who just incredibly excited to get on a bike and something she had like it's a bucket list thing right like a lot of people want to just try this and especially on a harley davidson too it's just the whole the whole classic thing right Mm -hmm. the sound of the bike and everything well i I would imagine uh, you mentioned uh like 84 year year old woman is uh, there is no restrictions really if you're sitting in a sidecar you're you're pretty safe right yeah it's there's stable bikes so anybody with any um handicap issues we've had people right out of a wheelchair we've pushed the bike right up to the uh the wheelchair right up to the bike and we'll just get a couple of guys and we have set them into the sidecar and make sure they're they're stable and comfortable in there, and off we go. Um, yesterday, we took out a little three-year-old girl and her six-year-old sister and ten-year-old brother, 
and we've got little mini leathers to fit them. <laughs> so it's good for families. It's it's good for um, anybody with knee issues or mobility issues. We can make it work. Like we've got ways to get you on and off the bike without having to bend or move too much. And once we get people seated, they're really comfortable. And perfect for someone like myself who's just lazy and just wants to sit there and enjoy the ride. <laughs> well, that's true, too. You know, I wouldn't say lazy. Let's not go that far. Well, you also, uh, you're also allowed to ride on the back of the bike, right, as, yeah. as, yeah, as, as a, a passenger. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, we drive, of course. We're in the driver's seat. So you ride behind the driver or in the sidecar. We switch everybody out halfway as long as it, so everybody can kind of try both spots on the ride. Um, we do offer like one hour, two hour, three hour rides. We do an all day, like we go to ice fields. It takes about five or six hours. Mm-hmm. depends on the weather down there. So we basically like our website has a lot of options of where we go in those time frames. But uh, we kind of like to talk to the people when they arrive and just ask wh- what they've seen. And maybe we can find something else. Sometimes they want to maybe see wildlife. Sometimes they just want to go for a ride. And so we just ask them what their time frame is. If they got a couple of hours, let's go. Like, whatever. So is there a difference? Uh, you mentioned there's three-hour tours, one-hour tour. Yep. Uh, is there a difference where you go depending on the tour and what you see? Absolutely. Like, you know, depending, it's the distance, right? So if we're going to go up to Moline Lake, we'll sightsee up that road. You know, there's the canyon, there's the lookout, there's Medicine Lake and Moline Lake. So that takes about three hours. Or we can head down the South Parkway. Um, the Edith Cavell ride is about a two-hour ride. Um, we can mix the Edith Cavell ride in with Athabasca Falls and make a three-hour ride. We can go down to Sunwapta Falls. Like, there's so many spots. The Marmot Basin Ski Hill Road is beautiful in the summer because the ski hill's closed. And once you get up there, the view of the Athabasca Valley is beautiful. It's phenomenal up there. So nice views um, from different spots. We go to Mayette Hot Springs. We'll go up that way and... We can stay for a quick dip in the pool or there's a little 20-minute walk that we go at the end. We can go do a little quick little walk or a hike and get back on the bike and come back down. So Pyramid Lake is another spot. We go up uh, the backside of the, of the town of Jasper. And, uh, yeah, we don't go into BC. We stick in the National Park mm-hmm. for the sidecar tours. So, yeah. Uh, well, your your answers are getting ahead of my questions here because I was oh. gonna I was gonna ask Sorry. if you get off the bikes and and you do a little bit of exploring, but obviously you do that too, right? Absolutely, lots of photo uh, opportunity. We have lots of little spots we stop. We like people to get off, stretch the legs, especially if we're going to two to three hours. Um, stretch your legs, take some extra pictures. Um, you never know what we're gonna see: waterfalls, canyons, whatever, and we'll. We'll stop, take a look. We'll get off the bike, walk around the canyon a little bit, come back on the bike. We like people to be able to sightsee the national park as well as do it on a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Now, are there set times with the tours, or do you sort of find out when, when the people or your, your guests are available? Yeah, both. We have quite a few options. We start about 8 o'clock in the morning, and we'll run till about uh, 10 at night, you know, in July and June. June, it's late out till midnight around here, so mm-hmm. we can ride any as long as it's light. And there's lots of options for time, so we always can work it out. Like I said, with the eight bikes, we can work it around their day if they're rafting or going to the tram or doing other tours. We try to work it out and make it work for them, for sure. And I imagine uh, weather is probably uh, an iffy thing at times, so it's always weather-dependent, right? Absolutely not. Actually, we have all the gear. We have a heated vest that will plug in underneath the leather jacket. Really? We have scarves. (laughs) Oh, yeah. 
like we went, it was a little sketchy here in the last two weeks, as you know, with the extra snow we've all received. And so low down in the low-lying areas, the roads are, are clear. There's no ice or anything. But there's a light snowfall falling. So we've got the heated vest on and we've got little heaters in the gloves and we've got a scarf on. And, we, and people love it, especially the Australians who don't see snow. Mm-hmm. They just think it's the best. <laughs> so really, unless it's a full-on rainstorm or something like that, yeah. um, absolutely, we'll delay. And Jasper, the, the joke is you wait five minutes and the weather blows by. Mm. So um, we have all the gear to make people comfortable. So they're not, um, most are worried that it will get canceled. And it's 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 very rare we need to cancel. We can make it work or we just delay a little bit. So you mentioned you have all the gear. What do uh, your guests need to know before uh, they book a tour? Basically, closed-toe shoes. I I prefer long pants, but we do dress them up in leather chaps so their legs will be covered. Um, the rest of it, we do. We basically supply them with chaps, leather jacket, leather gloves, a scarf. We provide you with uh, safety glasses. You can wear your own prescription glasses. We have glasses that go over, or we'll provide you with a pair of our sunglasses. They get a do-rag, just because a few people wear the helmets, and then the helmet, of course. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds like a fun way to tour uh, Jasper National Park. Uh, the company is Jasper Motorcycle Tours, and the website is jaspermotorcycletours.com. Uh, Candace Broughton is the owner of Jasper Motorcycle Tours. Thank you for your insight, Candace. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. Hope to have you out here. I'll take you for a ride. And that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. I want to thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, take a minute, rate the show, leave us a review, and tell a friend about the podcast. And if you want to drop me a line, my email address is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler, or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.com.